Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 27 through 29, about a faith that's not afraid. Sometimes we feel like our, I'm going to have to endure forever. And, and the writer of Hebrews is saying, would you look to your heroes? Would you see what Moses did? Step back. Don't go back to that temple. There's nothing there for you. That the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away your sin. Don't go back. Don't put yourself under that, that bondage again. It's, it was for freedom that Christ set you free, Galatians 5.1. Don't come under a yoke of slavery again. And here... What's the, the issue for the Hebrew believers if, as you look at and think about verse 28? The issue is whether or not the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to save or if some of my Hebrew friends are right and what I really need is the full uh, law of Moses dietary sacrificial system you fill in the blanks. Y'all, y'all know what I'm saying right now? Think about the original audience. Think about... The, the issue is, is the blood of Christ enough? Do you have some friends who say to you, you, you guys actually believe that when you trust in Christ, his blood, his death is applied to you, his resurrection, and, and you're saved and you're good? That's what you believe? Don't you have to do 25 more things consistently for the rest of your life? And, my, and our answer is no. Now, we want to do many things as a thank you to God. Amen. I do what I do in response to the great price that's been paid, not to earn my salvation. I cannot add one thing to the perfect sacrifice of Christ. Amen? But God still has expectations of me. This is not a cheap grace thing. But Moses was told, this is how the people are going to be saved. The covenant people are going to have to apply the blood of a lamb. Now, can you imagine maybe somebody saying, oh, come on, really? I mean, we've been good through the first nine plagues, even when it was dark over there in Goshen. It was light. I don't think I need to apply the blood. No, you need to apply the blood because the only way the Lord's not going to judge that house is if the blood is applied to the door. Now, what's interesting is in the ancient world, the ancients would actually make covenants at the threshold of a home when a groom carries his bride across the threshold, that's kind of a, a drawback or a, a connection back to the ancient idea of making covenants at the threshold of a home. And when the blood was put on the door, God was saying, this is the way that you will honor a promise I have made, a covenant I have made. And when I see the blood, that's when I will know you are in covenant with me when you have obeyed, when you have applied the blood to your life. It's not enough to be part of a Hebrew household. It's not enough to have the right address in Goshen. You must apply the blood. And for the readers of the original letter, this is what they've been told. It's the blood of Christ that saves you. He is our Passover lamb. There is no other way. There is no religious system that can save you. It is Christ that saves and Christ alone. 
And the writer of Hebrews is saying basically to these people, don't you realize that all the people that you celebrate as heroes had to deal with similar things? They had to wrestle through these things and stand upon promises. Number one, Moses had the eyes of faith, verse 27. Number two, verse 28, Moses stood on the promise of faith. He did what he was told. He told the people, apply the blood. Now, if you're a believer and you have any capacity to share with other people, that's what you have to say. This is, this is the gospel. This is the good news. You have to have the work of Christ applied to your life. This is how you get saved. This is how you don't experience the wrath of God. That's pretty good news, isn't it? This is how you are saved from the wrath of God. You are in the uh, covenant with the lamb, the ultimate lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so as we are still here in verse 28, by faith he kept the Passover. And scholars would say the language could be he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. Once you are in Christ, you are going to be spared the wrath of God. And this is such a beautiful promise. Just simply applying what God has done to your life is the good news of the gospel. Look at verse 29. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea. This is also in Exodus 14, and we'll, we'll turn there in a moment. As though they were passing through dry land, and the Egyptians, when they attempted it, they were drowned. The NIV has it this way. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. And you have to wonder why they tried it, but we'll talk about that in a second. Here's the third thing. This is walking by faith. So you could say, The eyes of faith, verse 27, standing on the promise of faith, verse 28, and walking out the promise of faith, that's verse 29. So uh, seeing, standing, walking. Seeing, standing, and walking. Now you want to talk about a walk of faith. When the Red Sea has opened up and the sea walls are there, and you all know the cool things that Cecil B. DeMille did in his movie, Back to Exodus 14, and then, you know, whoever worked on the, whatever Disney's version of it was, they did some even cooler things with it, right? It looked like the people were walking through this big aquarium with a whale being lit up and all this cool stuff, and everybody's, yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you what. Walking through the Red Sea, as long as it probably took, was a walk of faith. Amen? You just hope that God doesn't get distracted. (laughs) Oh, that's right. I was holding up the seawalls for the children of Israel. You hope that, you know, God's not like one of your buddies who has ADHD and forgets what they're doing half the time or senior moments or whatever. That's not God. Of course, we know that's just a poor attempt at humor. And so Exodus 14, 15, we, we've already seen that they're going to walk through the, the uh, Red Sea. Let's read the account because it's, it's powerful. Let's pick it up at verse 18 of Exodus 14. The Egyptians will know that I'm the Lord, the Lord when I'm honored through Pharaoh, through his chariots and his horsemen. The angel of God, 14, 19 of Exodus, 
who had been going before the camp of Israel, many believe that's Jesus before he was born in Bethlehem, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. And so it came about the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel, there was a cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave light at night. Thus the one did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land so the waters were divided. The sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, and the waters were like a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Then the Egyptians took up the pursuit, of course, only when God allowed it. And all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen went in after them into the midst of the sea. At the morning watch, the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and brought the army of Egyptians into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve and he made them drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians said, let us flee from Israel for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. And you should just write in your margin, no, duh. I mean, how many plagues does it take until you guys get the message that the God of Israel is fighting for them? Why did you pursue them in the first place? And why would you ever drive your chariot into the sea? Do you not see that this could be a setup? But they were stubborn and hard-hearted. And people who are stubborn and hard-hearted do dumb things, right? And so off they go into the sea and they're chasing after them. But there's some realization And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over the chariots, over their chariots and their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. And then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them, not even one of them remained. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea, and the waters were like a wall to them, kind of a summary now, on their right hand and on their left. And thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore, which often happens when someone dies in the ocean. They wash up eventually. And when Israel saw the great power which the, which, with which, which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Moses had to look with the eyes of faith and stand on the promise. He had to operate in terms of instructing the people to apply the blood, and then finally he had to walk by faith. And Moses was one of the people walking through there. And sometimes the walk of faith, we don't know what the other side looks like. And we're wondering, you know, is the enemy going to catch us? What's going to happen? And, and the Lord took care of it, right? He closed the sea on the Egyptians and they were done for. And the message to the Hebrew Christians and the message to us tonight is simply this. You're going to get to the other side. You're going to make it through this trial if You simply walk by faith and keep your eyes on God. Amen. (laughs) It's when we get overwhelmed by all the other things that, you know, grab our attention that we kind of lose our way. 
The Lord will fight for you. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Would you please consider supporting Walk in Truth being on this radio station and podcast for at least $5 a month? As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team through our new Walk in Truth app. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. Welcome to Walk in Truth. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. And access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. That's how I showed my anger. Mm. Not in words, but in you can't have me. Mm-hmm. And that obviously took a toll in our relationship. All this and more is available to you on our new Walk in Truth app as a thank you for your financial gift. Please become a financial partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Let us flee from Israel, for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. And you should just write in your margin, no, duh. I mean, how many plagues does it take until you guys get the message that the God of Israel is fighting for them. Why did you pursue them in the first place? And why would you ever drive your chariot into the sea? Do you not see that this could be a setup? But they were stubborn and hard-hearted. And people who are stubborn and hard-hearted do dumb things, right? And so off they go into the sea and they are chasing after them. But there's some realization. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over the chariots, over their chariots and their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal state at daybreak while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. And then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen. Even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them, not even one of them remained. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea, and the waters were like a wall to them, kind of a summary now, on their right hand and on their left. And thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore, which often happens when someone dies in the ocean. They wash up eventually. And when Israel saw the great power which the, which, with which, which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Moses had to look with the eyes of faith and stand on the promise. He had to operate in terms of instructing the people to apply the blood, and then finally he had to walk by faith. And Moses was one of the people walking through there. And sometimes the walk of faith, we don't know what the other side looks like. And we're wondering, you know, is the enemy going to catch us? What's going to happen? And, and the Lord took care of it, right? He closed the sea on the Egyptians and they were done for. And the message to the Hebrew Christians and the message to us tonight is simply this. 
you're going to get to the other side. You're going to make it through this trial if you simply walk by faith and keep your eyes on God. Amen? <laughs> it's when we get overwhelmed by all the other things that, you know, grab our attention that we kind of lose our way. The Lord will fight for you. And these Hebrew Christians were dealing with a lot. And by comparison, though, was it anything like their forefathers? Was it anything like Moses had to deal with it? And so here you are. And you're not only fighting for yourself and maybe your immediate situation, but you're fighting for others who will maybe yet to be born, who will hear of your faith or have that imprint of your faith for the next generation. Just a, a final, uh, some final comments here. The Exodus, the Passover, and the Red Sea miracle are all powerful gospel pictures. In fact, the book of Exodus is a book about salvation. The exit from Egypt was leaving a life of bondage and slavery. Don't go back. Whether going back to bondage and slavery is back to your sin and the temporary pleasures of sin or to a religious legalism that will never save. Don't go back there. The, the people of Israel were tempted to go back to Egypt. The, let's, we're, we're, we're putting out bus passes to go back to Egypt. Let's go now. Right? They immediately want to do that. And, and maybe you've had some seasons where that sounds pretty good to you. <laughs> we have a, a guy that... Um, had gone to a brother that we know, a couple brothers that we know that had gone on a trip to Egypt and Israel. And they were telling a story that their group was on a bus and the air conditioning went out in the bus and it got really hot. They were on one of these tours, you know, of Egypt and Israel and stuff. And the bus got really hot and bugs, you know, were in the bus and people started complaining and whining and somebody on the bus, I, I don't remember every detail of the story, but somebody on the bus said, does this sound familiar? <laughs> we're in Egypt, things are not going great and we're starting to complain. Oh my goodness. Can the point be made any more clear to us? Don't repeat the mistakes of the past. If your first inclination is to begin whining, then you are following in the train of an obstinate, difficult, stubborn group of people. Don't do that. The gospel picture of leaving Egypt, don't go back to being under a yoke of slavery. Don't go back. You'll be tempted to go back. Sound, sounds pretty good right now. Let's go back. But it isn't. Second picture. The Passover, the blood of the lamb, is a very obvious picture of the gospel, pointing us all the way to the cross. And the Red Sea miracle is also a powerful gospel picture. It could picture baptism. It might picture the resurrection. But it definitely pictures a walk by faith that after the blood is applied, you still got to walk it out. There's still going to be, uh, you know, enemies, if you will, and uh, steps of faith that you have to take. But it's all about crossing over to the other side. It's all about walking by faith. Pray with me. Father, thank you for the life of Moses and these gospel pictures. And thank you that Moses 
operated as seeing him who is unseen. He, he had the eyes of faith. And tonight I would pray that you would renew my eyes of faith. So often my eyes are on the wrong thing, on the wrong person. Sometimes they're just on me and that is very disappointing. I think most of the time when I'm just fixated on myself and my flaws But when my eyes look to the one who is unseen, the one who manifested himself in the person of Jesus Christ and became visible, it changes everything. Teach us how to worship in such a way that every time we worship, our eyes turn to the one who loves us and saved saved us. Help us do that, Lord. And as we we think about the, the picture of the Passover, help us stand upon the promise that We are children of God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In the good news of the gospel, it's paid in full. We're part of the kingdom of God, and we want to keep walking, Lord, like citizens of the kingdom. So help us through our Red Seas when we're tempted to be fearful and say maybe silly things in the moment that we know you always open up a way to cross over, Lord, to the other side. And sometimes when we see another miracle that you've done in our lives, all we can do is begin to sing. And that's really what the people of Israel did on the other side of the sea. They sang the song of Moses and they began to celebrate you. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. The Lord is highly exalted. The horse and rider, he is cast into the sea. And forgive me, Lord, and forgive us for the times that we so lacked faith. And it's not until we've seen you do something radical and powerful that we will sing. Help us to sing when we're walking. Help us to sing when the sea hasn't been parted yet. Teach us to walk by faith and not by sight. All these faith stories, Lord, are very practical to our own lives. And there are times when we're very spoiled and we want everything instantaneously and You're teaching us how to be patient, to wait on the Lord, to do things the right way, and to get to the other side and celebrate the goodness of our God. So, Lord, as we sing this last song, I pray that you'd refresh faith in the room and bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to The Conclusion of A Faith That's Not Afraid, Part 6 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 27 through 29. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is always available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please tell a friend about Walk in Truth? We hope today's teaching will be a blessing and uplifting to someone you care about. Would you please encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? If you're listening through your podcast app, please click the share button. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, maybe you would say with all of your heart today, you know, I want a faith that's not afraid. I am so tired of being fearful. Maybe you're a person who would say, my stomach's always churning. I'm biting my fingernails all the time. And how do I overcome that? And, and maybe, maybe you find yourself as an overthinker. You know, welcome to the human condition, right? We are, we are so prone to worry. That's why Jesus talked about not worrying. We're prone to be fearful. 
That's why over 365 times I, I had a, a brother, we were playing golf the other day. He said he counted 396 times in his concordance. Don't be afraid. Do not fear. Don't be afraid. Why is that there? Because we're afraid. Because we normally can be fearful people. How do I have a faith that's not afraid? I lean into the Lord. I realize that this world, this life is bigger than me. I live for the transcendent cause of the kingdom of God. I know my life is not my own. And I know if I have to face something, it will first pass through the filter of the love of God. And that makes all the difference. It doesn't make everything easy, but it makes all the difference. Hey, just to let you know, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Our hope is to broadcast this program on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Our ministry has grown a lot over the years, and it's thanks to our church and our listeners that have become our financial partners. Our producer, Rob Newton, went to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California recently to update the congregation on the state of Walk in Truth. He talked about where we are, what's new, where we'd like to go, and how you can help. If you'd like to listen to Rob Newton and Pastor Michael's short presentation, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. It's also on walkintruth.com. We've entitled it The State of Walk in Truth. And again, you'll find it on the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. And join us Monday for Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3, called Run with Endurance. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.